Visit Hellsberg.com for safe and easy ways to shop this holiday, like free shipping and returns, virtual shopping appointments, or buy online and pick up in store. And right now, get a free Microsoft Surface Go 2 with the purchase of $1,499 or more. You gift, you get. Limited time offer while supplies last. See online or in store for details. Visit Hellsberg.com for safe and easy ways to shop this holiday, like free shipping and returns, virtual shopping appointments, or buy online and pick up in store. And right now, get a free Microsoft Surface Go 2 with the purchase of $1,499 or more. You gift, you get. Limited time offer while supplies last. See online or in store for details. You're listening to Smart to Death Radio. Hey everybody, it's the interview queen Alicia Toot here, and you are currently listening to and obviously enjoying Queen's Court. everyone welcome to another episode of queen's court with your girl the queen of any right here on smart to death radio and it's been a minute i took a little bit of a break and it was wonderful and i thought what better way to come back than by doing one of my favorite series on queen's court queenie suggests so we're going to talk about this person's favorite topic, which is himself. So it's so exciting. <laughs> just kidding. It's not super vain. I just was making a little, little fun. But he's the man, the myth, the legend, the coolest bird creator out there. <laughs> of course, I'm talking about the one and only Fowl Original. Fowl, welcome to the castle. How are you? I'm very well, and thank you in advance. Like, last time I came on, like, I had a rider. You got it all ready. This time, again, absolutely fantastic. No no brown M&Ms. I was very, very impressed. Well, listen, I pay attention. I listen. <laughs> I don't <laughs> to just everyone, Fowl, so, you know, you're special. I feel very blessed. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm super to have you here for this series you know it's just getting to know foul a little bit more for the listeners here at smart to death radio and learning about all the wonderful things that you do we have so much to talk about and a lot to dive into but i really want to start with you personally before we dive into all the great content you produce let's talk about foul so what what kind of got you into the wrestling twitter wrestling in general what was it that made a younger foul, perhaps, if it's been a long time, decide that wrestling yeah. was something you were interested in. So, um, so like when it comes to wrestling, wrestling's been a part of my life since probably about like four, like four-ish, like as um, as a, as a content creator. That's so I'm Asian now. Over in the UK, that means so in the US, it would normally uh, mean like. Uh, like Oriental Americans, but over here in the uh, United Kingdom, Asian tends to mean like people of Pakistani descent, um, Indian descent, um, and that kind of area. And so like within that community, when I was younger, we watched a lot of wrestling and like, (laughs) it was like 90s videotapes. So it was um, all like Coliseum home video stuff. Um, And we'd be watching that like on VHS. 
like four or five um and i just fell in love with like wcw was kind of my first like proper watching but i fell in love with the over-the-top characters it was of that time it was of like late 80s um early 90s and i just loved it but i even now like i get this kind of like younger foul feeling and it's like five six-year-old foul going yeah, yeah like every time i see like a really cool spot like the inner version of me just comes out um and yes getting into like content creation um i, I think in a way i kind of always have kind of done that mm -hmm. um like in my own little way like someone joked with me once like back in the back in the late 90s i used to make like radio show, uh, radio shows on video like sorry video cassette on audio cassette like oh, i yeah. had like a boom box set up and i used to like do like a weekly show where i talked about <laughs> like just for me uh, it was like a weekly show where i talked about things that were going to be in the tv guide that week um and it was like I learned how to dub over myself because I'd say stuff and then realize my mom might want to listen to this. And I was like, <laughs> nine or ten. And like, so there's a certain section. I can remember one in particular where I was talking about the TV show La Femme Nikita. Um, and I was like reading a guide and I was like, La Femme Nikita, that sounds like it would be a, a saucy adventure. I was probably like about 12 or 13. So then I had to re-record it and it went from La Femme Nikita. That seems like a very wholesome show. Like, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> let out a demo myself. But wrestling has always been there. And like in 2000, when it was massively big over here in the United Kingdom again, um, I fell in love with it again and I kind of like it was cool to be a wrestling fan in the year 2000 2001 um again so here in the UK I kind of really like reached like I was in the rock like I'd get into rock as well and like so rock and wrestling in the late like in the early 2000s they kind of came together for me and uh it was always there but it was always like the little secret like you kind of everybody knew I liked wrestling and in college so college like 16-ish I used to have the nickname Mick Foley because I had like <laughs> long very unkempt hair uh like a big stupid beard I used to read his autobiography um have a nice day like I had it in hardback and I used to do like really stupid stuff so like we do like wrestling matches and stuff in college like Royal Rumbles and stuff and I was known to just do whatever like just take stupid bumps and I was a big kid so um in, I got into the content creation side of it, just to kind of skip it ahead. Um, that would be in 2016. Mm -hmm. And I was really influenced by people um, on YouTube more so than anything else. And very similar to this kind of conversation that we're having, I felt that the best equalizer for me um, was to just use my voice. Because here in the UK, I don't sound like a stereotypical anything. So... Mm. And like a lot of people have said that to me, it's like, where are you from? And because like I watched a lot of like Sesame Street, like, I watched a lot of American imports when I was a kid. I was brought up on Americana um, with a bit of a British twist. So I relate more to Elmo than I do to like the Y bird from Playdays. Sure. Okay. And that's a very British thing. But I, I would like relate more to the Snuffleupagus than I would to like on a Rosie, Rosie, this will be for the British listeners, but like Rosie, roll up and ride on Rosie. Like Rosie is uh, a wonderful machine, like a spinning top thing in a TV show over here. And she's like a sentient merry-go-round. So like 
I like the Snuffleupagus more than I like that. And okay. it just means that I have really weird influences and draw from different places. <laughs> sure, yeah. But getting to 2016, I started Foul as something where I was inspired by WrestleMania who is a great guy, recently did an amazing thing for me. I wanted to give him a personal shout out. Very nice human being. Um, and I was influenced by him, uh, wrestling Brian Zane from Wrestling With Regret and all of those great content creators. And I was like, I want to do this. So I did. I bought a 10 pound microphone, uh, which I still use now. Um, and I just did it on my laptop. And it was, it was at the end of... Uh, so it was, it was 2016, but it was the end of a very, 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 my first really serious relationship. Mm -hmm. And because it was, it became a bit of a, cr uh, a crux in our relationship because it was like, I really like wrestling and I want to do this stuff. And yes, I'm going to spend three hours every Monday night between 1am and about four-ish, not in bed, but sitting on the sofa watching TV. Uh, and there's nothing you can do about that because I love the wrestling. <laughs> and um, it was... She was very understanding and like towards the and like so foul was born literally at the end of that so um it's co wrestling content creation i got back into when i came to wrestling twitter so i went off and did loads of other stuff and there could be just hours spent on just everything else that i did but i was on periscope did a lot of live streaming found wrestling twitter um in 2018 so it'd be like june 2018 um i actually just actually just after mania so like mayish and i was looking for a community on youtube it's you're very much in a sea of like you're adrift in a sea because mm -hmm. no one in the youtube content community everyone's very skeptical about helping other people so you tend to get a lot of like subscribe to my channel and do this but there's no real connection and it all seems very business-like but here on wrestling twitter it's a totally different animal and i'm absolutely in love with it and i fell in love with it back in 2018 it's you can have a conversation with anyone and the living the, the playing field is leveled so it doesn't matter if you've got like a million followers or mm. 10 followers everyone has a voice and i found that to be really really attractive and so um yeah i hit wrestling twitter in 2018 and then just made a nuisance of myself for the next six months <laughs> until, until people started paying attention and then yes. people did people did yeah that's how i found you through that so there you go <laughs> it grew quickly yeah. for you i feel like and i think it's such a cool story about how you got here and and what you know, what you're up to now, which we're definitely going to talk about later, but I guess back to the earlier days for you, what, what were some things that like you loved the most, P maybe people or uh, matches or events that you really enjoyed not only watching, but covering? Okay. Well, like that's the really cool thing again, like about like looking back at the story with hindsight 2020, like it, like this this is a milestone moment, like this conversation that we're having, which will form part of the fabric of what will go on to be the history of like, of what I've done, of this other yeah. person that I've like, that exists outside of me, um, core foul. Like in, when I was, I was kind of trying to, as I said, trying to find my space and find my place within the family 
of like wrestling Twitter because it is a family. Like some people hate mm-hmm. each other. Some people are the cousins that you don't invite to particular events, yes. but <laughs> you go and meet them in the park every now and then, and you're like, come on, like why would you say that? Uh, like you wear sunglasses and you wear like a dark trench coat when you go meet them. But like, <laughs> I think that wrestling Twitter for me in 2018. I was trying to make a name for myself. So on YouTube, my focus was to get my YouTube subscribers up. And I was at like 200, 300 subscribers. And I was like, okay, I'm making really cool. I think it's cool stuff, but people aren't seeing it. So my plan was to go to a um, a physical event. So the plan was, I was like basically gonna kind of like, like, have you heard of the story about uh, Steven Spielberg and like the infamous story of how he just commandeered an office one time as a kid? Yes, I I have heard that story. Yes. So that so that was the plan. Yeah, I was just gonna (laughs) yeah, like my plan. Yeah, I was like I was like the whole like fake it till you make it. So I was like, okay. So plan is I will I will turn up to an event. And Olga was foul. So the event that I went to was a Burning Hammer Festival. Um, and I can talk about it now because back then I was a bit like, Ugh. but so I'll go to this. So I see this event and like they pushed it out on Twitter. And this is now May, May 2018. And I'm like firing. I've started the weekly wrestling recap. So I've started doing this weekly show. I'm learning a little bit more about like what I can do technically. And I'm like, let's take it on the road. So um, Burning Hammer film festival was a wrestling film festival and i'm like this sounds amazing it was in london doubly amazing um they were doing like obviously this might be a bit bit bad now but they were doing a documentary about progress um and you may have seen the documentary it's called this is progress it's a really good documentary um and the guy that was making it he um did like a patreon as part of it was patreon kickstarter and one of the parts of the kickstarter um uh tiers rewards was that they put they put the film on somewhere and you could all turn up so i was like this is going to be massive like this is going to be amazing it was like hundred dollars a hundred pounds for an early bird ticket slap my early bird ticket down before anybody else i'm all like a flutter hearts all a flutter like I, i leave work um all excited i go to london go and stay with my little brother who lives in london and he was like i'll put you up because you shouldn't have to pay like stupid london prices <laughs> I, I, go, I, I go to the first event and it's like a panel on equality and wrestling and stuff. And I'm like, this is my element. I'm like VIP. I got my VIP yes. lanyard and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like and I, I sit down, I got my stuff. And then there are two other people in the room with me and the panel outnumber me. And there are five people on the panel and there are two people next to me. And I'm like, ah, shit. I mean, oh, poop. I just got swerved. And I realized at that exact moment that, like, I was one of only three people that had stumped up for this VIP package. And um, they had cut a bunch of the events because this happened when NXT UK was just about to happen. Oh, and okay. a whole bunch of the keynote speakers, unfortunately, couldn't turn up because the WWE were doing this big reveal of the performance center in the UK. Oh, wow. So I literally got caught in the crossfire of that. So I turn up to see people like um, the mod father. I can't remember his name now, but um, uh, he uh, he was there, but he didn't turn up and a bunch of people didn't show. Now, I didn't really care because I was like foul original running around, giving out my business card to people like I met like Vicky Haskins, Mark Haskins. Nice. I, yeah. And Vicky Haskins was so nice. Like I was sat down on my own somewhere and like all oh, like, uh, she was like, 
do you like wrestling? I like to talk to you about wrestling. And I was like, oh my God, it's Vicky Huskins. Um, and <laughs> uh, like I met um, quite a few people, T, uh, TJ, not TJ Parker. I met quite a few people there. It was really, really nice actually. But I realized I'd kind of got swerved. Saw a really good film, had a really good time. They basically gave me an open bar. And at that point in 2018, I was like, okay, I need to go to events now. Um, at that time, that's when AEW started. And mm -hmm. I was like, cool. So I did a live stream for All, Out, uh, All In, sorry, as yeah. I was doing these live streams. Really enjoyed it. Had a lot of fun. And then I messaged Fight um, about, I didn't message them immediately, but I realized that like maybe I could work with them. And it was trying to get to that next level. So 2018 was a concerted effort by me to get to 10,000 followers on Twitter because I wanted a pro wrestling tea store. I wanted like to work with fight. I wanted to work with brands. I was like, that's it. This is what I'm going to do as well as doing my full time job. Um, and that took us to 2019, which is when then I was like, that's it. I'm going to start making a lot of noise and I hit um, I hit the 10,000 followers. I mm -hmm. did a, I did a live stream roundtable because again I wanted to push myself out. And I the major thing is I wanted to challenge myself both technically and do things that people had never seen before, do things that people maybe hadn't even thought of before. Like because I'm a content creator and I do like by trade I'm an ICT service engineer kind of thing. So. Mm -hmm. I love computers. So if someone gives me a technical problem, that's way more interesting sometimes than the content that we're ever going to talk about. And so I'm like, I would rather spend three hours learning how to do it and we can do this cool thing. Um, we did a round table. Uh, I met some great people at the time. So I did a round table with Conrad from Everything Pro Wrestling, um, mm -hmm. Omega Luke from um, Omega Luke uh, podcast at the time, and Wilf from everything that he's doing and we all came together and on that night i got to a thousand subscribers on youtube it was insane i was monetized a few weeks later and then obviously some other stuff happened which you then got involved in but yeah. um, <laughs> i know but um but yeah like it was 2019 especially and in 2018 also actually i went to a um a games event as Foul Original uh, and live stream like the whole thing. It was EGX here in Birmingham. Um, yeah. And on my Instagram, there's a few photos of me doing that. Like I met like a massive plush Spyro. That was fantastic. When I met the Spyro, when I gave him a big hug, got someone to take a photo of me. Very happy about that. Um, and I got to visit like the Toy Story 3 setup thing that they had. And oh, I got wow. to live. It was like a Kingdom Hearts thing. So it was the Kingdom Hearts setup. So they had like the Keyblade, but the one in Andy's toy room. So there's a cheeky photo of me like <laughs> in his toy room holding the Keyblade. Um, but yeah, I just try to do anything. Like I come from, I, because there's so many different things that I've kind of tried my hand at over right. the years. Like it's weird sometimes when people are like, oh, you can do that thing. Cause I'm like, I kind of always could, but it was very scary to do that kind of thing. And mm -hmm. in 2019, the scariest thing I did was I started just inviting people onto what I call the hot take round table. And I was like, okay, I am going to get as many people from wrestling Twitter onto my show. And it was very stressful. It was very insane trying to like connect all the different time zones and sometimes potentially egos of people that came on the show. Um, but it was fun as hell. And it was such a great thing every week to be like, 
I'm doing this to explain to people at work that the thing that I'm doing right now is messaging someone to organize a, a roundtable discussion that we're going to have. And it's a bit like on wrestling. Yes, on wrestling. People still watch. <laughs> yes. Yes. I yes, still watch that. Yes. <laughs> they want to talk about it. And yeah, of I'm course, sorry. Yeah. But, but yeah. But yeah. So that that's that's kind of where we came to at that point. And that's kind of wrestling and now i feel like such a part of wrestling twitter like it's so like i feel like part of, part of the furniture like but, um, <laughs> yeah but, you're, you're the the you're in the if it was like a, a room right a big party room and we have an open bar and we have a couple couches you know what i mean and in foul you're in there so i i guess really what i'm curious about is right now right this awesome history that you have and you've had so many wonderful things that you've been doing and working on and creating i feel like 2020 has been really cool for you cuz from from mm. my standpoint on the outside right getting to watch all these fun things that you've been putting out and it's mm. new and it's different and it's exciting and it's super fun to watch i, I got to know like what it's like creating all this new stuff that you're doing i mean we have beautiful covers of wrestling songs and all of this really cool stuff and and foul radio like tell me all about that so so yeah that's that's kind of the story of this year i yeah. wrestling yeah and no, thank you like it's it's been it's been so weird like it's been really weird like my my whole life i've tried to do things that sometimes go across against the grain like they mm -hmm. go against the grain and especially as i said like i'm asian so being of that kind of culture there's certain um expectations put on you and i mean it's probably relatable for quite a few people um mm -hmm. in loads of you know the, the the cultural like influence on what we do is very strong so singing for example that was there's a part i my, my grand so my grand is really supportive now i'm the oldest grandchild and i'm one of the only people that can still speak her language so she'll come to me and like we'll have like essentially like essentially like a girly chat and she'll like tell me yeah yeah and she'll be I like oh, so, i know in it i know and so but it's all tongue-in-cheek and she can't do it with anyone else because they can't understand the nuance of her language so like I have, I had the best time with my gran, and she, it is she's so and like she has seen some stuff like her history and her life like she's been through struggles like she was a refugee she saw like terrible terrible things and she's come here and you know she's been really strong and she's the matriarch of the family and that's like something that happens a lot within our culture and again it's very similar to a few others um and because of that we've always listened and respected her mm -hmm. so when i stayed at hers for a bit at the end of 2016 i had like long kind of red hair and like going around stupid like pirate beard and like because i was trying to get like famous on periscope and then i'm going around like jean short stuff and she hated it now she was really pushing for me to uh, kind of go back. They call it revert. So you don't convert to my religion, you revert. So I was lost and they were trying to pull me back, but like they couldn't get me back. But she was, uh, <laughs> I ain't coming back. But like she, um, she really pushed for it. Now she was really happy when I got that. So I can speak about the job I had before now. So the job I had before was I worked as an ICT like engineer for a local council 
So it was, um, so a council over here is kind of like a small government organization. So if you think of like, if you think of like Pawnee from Parks and Rec, I essentially work for that, like that kind of government institution. Um, and it was fun, but it's like work, working for Pawnee. You ain't going to get paid any extra. And sometimes you're like, the thing that I'm doing feels like, counterproductive to mm. society and life so anyway i'd been there for like four years and came to the end of december and i had been dangled this new job promotion for about 18 months now during that 18 months um it coincided obviously with everything happening on wrestling twitter so i was getting a massive amount of self-confidence self-worth worth even the second i left work and then the second i got into work it was like okay quickly let's get out as fast as we can mm. the job promotion would have allowed me a lot more flexibility it would have also shown that they had responded and reacted to what i was doing like above and beyond but no i didn't now the story that goes along with that i didn't get the job and the story that goes along with it is the interview was on a thursday thursday morning now for those of you that follow along with me normally i do a watch along every wednesday night for aew and i'd never missed one I specifically missed that one so I could go to sleep, you know, properly book right, and right. go to work. And I remember telling my boss that but I was told that I didn't have the job on an hour before the Christmas party. So we're all about to go out on this big Christmas party and it's like I get taken into this room. I already know I haven't got the job because I was taken in second and it's like part of the process within the council. The person who gets the job finds out first. So I already know I haven't got it. And I'm sat down and it's like, well, you know, you're a little too technical for this particular role. I'm like, <laughs> so I'm too smart for the job, basically is what you're saying. Cool. All right. But again, I understood. And what it is, it's like as a manager before now, I understand you have to keep people of strength in certain areas and maybe move them later on. But I had, that was it for me. I didn't go to the Christmas party and I said, you can tell people whatever you want, but I'm going to go home and drink, which is what I did. But when I went home, um, I had an epiphany and I was like, I'm just going to quit this job. Like, yeah. what? Like, why am I going to keep with this job? Because they promised me one 18 months ago and it's not going to happen. So anyway, we skipped to January and I told my kind of like middle management to so my boss above me, I'm going to leave my job. And she's like, I kind of figured you would. And I was like, you can tell my other boss that I'm going to leave. And uh, that's what I did. I handed in my notice in the middle of January. And I was like, I'm out. They were like, do you have a job? And I was like, nope. And they were like, you sure? And I was like, yep. And I had to work out my notice. So I actually finished like kind of the start of February. And I was very bitter at the end. I was very pissed off. I was like, I, anyway, I left. And then the world happened. I was partic I was going to get a contracting job. That was the plan. But I then realized that when lockdown happened, that I had like a very unique opportunity that I would never, ever, 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 ever have in life again. Um, I had a little bit of money. Funnily enough, for those of you who don't know, I funded some of this summer via Bitcoin that I had like stashed away somewhere. Only a little mm -hmm. bit. But that helped pay for some of the shenanigans the kind mm -hmm. donations from people um some of the youtube ad revenue not a lot though obviously some of the kind patreons out there as well with that started but i was surviving and i didn't need a job now that's why i was able to do so many other things because 
where I was, um, I've moved rooms now, but where I was, I was having a bit of a bad time with one of the housemates being a bit loud and being a bit whatever. But we were all going through our own lockdown as we were going. I then started doing video edits just after WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And I showed my little brother one because I was really down on myself. Like, I have to be straight. Like, during all that time, I wasn't earning money. I wasn't seeing any kind of progression. I was seeing a lot of people saying, that's great, well done. But that was great, well done. And I'm, like, getting to a certain point where every month I was like, ugh, well, I'm going to have to sell this. Ugh, I'm going to have to sell this. And then something cool would happen in the middle of the month every single time. So the video edit, I put the video edit out, and everyone loves it. And I'm like, okay, cool. So then I did the Minder one. Everybody loves it. Then I did some other ones, and I was like, cool. And then I moved rooms. When I moved rooms, that's when I was like, it's a much larger room. I can play guitar now, and I can kind of mess around. And it was at that point that I started doing songs. But I'd always been doing them. It's just I felt that, again, I was down that night. And like, I, you can see it in the video. It's like me just sitting there with the guitar. Don't even put the lights on. I look like it's, I look like it's a bad time. And I'm just like, let me play this song, the Jericho one, the Jesus one. And I was like, it's gone out. But people, he loved it. Like yep. Rich Ward loved it. When Rich Ward loved it, that's what really then hit home for me. I was like, oh my God, this is the guy that wrote the song. Okay, shit. Like. Uh, Jericho is Jericho, but the guy that wrote the song actually likes it as well. And then he said that on Insta. And then obviously from that point, and I work kind of fast. So like if I see something that I want to do, if there's no technical limitation to me, I want like I'm very focused in, especially these past few months, it's been a less of will they like it and more can I do it? And right with that mindset it means I can do anything so I'm like okay cool it doesn't matter so I put the first one out and then I the next morning I was almost addicted to playing guitar again and I was like oh okay cool this I'll do one more then I did another one (laughs) then I realized then I did another one and it was really making me happy like that I was able to do this for Mm -hmm. an audience that were responsive and so I did all five and I did six of them in the end. And then I, then I had a job interview <laughs> and cause I was like, I'm gonna have to roll, have to wrap it up because I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And then I had a job interview, which I luckily got. So then I did, and that was again, a massive like weight off my shoulders lifted. Um, but the music, oh God, that has been the, that's the most of all the things that I've done of all the things that I've done that's the most personal to me like that's the one that if everything else failed i wouldn't care but if this one did i kind of would sure more so because it's so much it's me like the music is the most stripped down version of me there's no technology it's just literally a little crappy microphone and that's it like I live and die on whatever I'm putting out of my mouth and out of the guitar. And um, it means that I don't get a chance to overthink it. Like, and I just do it. And if people like it, they like it. If they don't, whatever, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, you want them to like it, of course, but if they don't, then oh, that's yeah. fine. Everything's not for everybody. And that's totally cool. But I guess, you know, as we're kind of winding down here, um, what's what's been your favorite uh, musical cover that you have put out 
And then mm-hmm. I would love to know what one piece of advice you would give to people who are maybe just starting in content creation or have been for a while, but want to kind of hustle like you have. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, I've got a few more that are coming up, um, like that I'm trying to work on, but my favorite that I put out and like, it's the one that I didn't think I'd get a response to at mm-hmm. all because it was the most like that's the most me singing of all of them and that's metalingus like yeah I because because when I did that was connected to last earlier on this year um I retweeted out someone that did a gospel version of um Judas and the next song she was going to do was metalingus and I was like that's great you do that because I was too scared to do my version mm. and so that was one of the last ones I did because I wanted to show my range and Mm -hmm. it seemed to like people responded to it best. So I loved that one. Um, The version I just put out on my Twitter of Pokemon theme, because like, I love Pokemon and it's just the first said, it's just like the first bit. It's the first verse, but I really like that. And um, the, uh, the version I did of the Minder theme because Bang Bang were really asking for it and I was like you know what yeah like I'll just whip out like a minute song for him and I had so much I laughed the whole way through it um but of one of the ones that's gone to my Patreon um it's probably You Know My Name uh by Chris Cornell um because like it was tough to get through it um I don't know why I don't know why but it was really good and I really liked it. Like there's a little bit of work I need to do on it, but, um, but yes, those are my favorites so far. Um, and then a little bit of advice, I guess, for content creators starting out, like I've seen a lot of people out there that are like, they're trying to be something that they're not like, Mm. and I think that, I think that following, like, it's it's a weird kind of dichotomy, and I say this to people about my brand, because my brand is me. I come from, and I think yourself as well, and I think we're similar in the sense that, like, we came from a time when, like, it was more about the individual. So mm. it's more about yourself and your own personal viewpoint on something. Um, as opposed to always just following everybody else. Um, You kind of cut your own path. And what I say to people is just be yourself. Now, if you have a strong viewpoint on one side or the other, that's fine. But I say be yourself, but also be respectful because like, it's really, really easy to tear things down. It's really easy. but it's really hard to build people up, like to give them that confidence. Um, I say to like starting content creators, doesn't matter how big the person is, like they could they could have millions and millions of uh, subscribers, they could have millions and millions of followers. They're still human at the core. Right. And like a, a constant like barrage of, kind of trying to garner attention from someone by being being negative. There's being negative, there's being critical, that's a whole other thing, but just constantly, then that isn't the way to be healthy and that isn't the way to live. And so my main advice is just find something that you enjoy. If mm. it relates back to wrestling, great. 
If it doesn't, follow that path for a little bit. I took two years doing random live streams on Periscope where I showed people I did mukbangs. Like, you know, <laughs> that, that, this is what I'm saying, yeah? It doesn't mean that that was just me. Like, right. there's, there's layers to everyone. And if, you're, if, some, if you put something out, is what I say to people, if you put out like a, a, you singing a song and there's no response to it, there's no likes, there's no nothing, there's no whatever, don't be disheartened by that because it doesn't mean that they didn't like it. It's just that some people are also following the herd. So they might not like it until someone else has liked it. And mm. we're constantly just striving for our little shot out here. And as I say to everyone, you know, we're all working together. Like content creators of all different varieties will work together on stuff. And yeah. it's just reach. It's reaching out to people and speaking to them on a level which you would like to be spoken to. I think that's the major advice I would give to people. I think that's excellent advice. And I have had such a great time listening to you tell these stories and just share a little bit of foul with me and with everyone here on Smart to Death Radio. I think it's super special. You have a wealth of knowledge. And you're one of the kindest people I know. Whenever I had an issue, I know I could always DM you and say, hey, Fowl, can you help me with this? Because I don't <laughs> understand it. You're super generous with your time. And I think that that's a wonderful thing. And I wish more people uh, would be as kind and welcoming as you are. So I think people can take that as a lesson. Um, and I hope mm -hmm. that they enjoyed listening to you today. I know we could go on for hours about so many other things <laughs> that is going on, but what I'd love for you to do now is just let the people know where they can find all of this great content that you create. Sure. Now, thank you, Queen. And as as you've just said, you are, you are also one of the kindest people, most supportive people out there that, you know, you don't get a lot of credit for it. Like, you are very, very... It's nice and nice people, like... I found this this week is if you put niceness out into the universe, it will come back to you. So, mm. you know, it's not, and it's just nice to have like a nice little chin wag um, without, <laughs> without, the without the drums, isn't it? Without the drums. But yes, let's <laughs> so put, put myself over. So, Do um, it, yes. <laughs> thank you. So, uh, so yeah, I'm Foul Original. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Foul underscore Original. Um, you can also find Wrestling with Coffee Volume One by saying that into your Alexa. Like, I don't know what happened, but you have to say Alexa. Actually, you might do it now. You have to say Alexa, play Wrestling with Coffee Volume One, and then it will say my name and stuff. And then that wow. was very shocking. So cool. I know it. Like, it literally says Wrestling with Volume of Coffee Volume One by Foul Original, and I'm like, oh my god. So um, you can, it's everywhere. I just, this program is just insane. But um, you can go check that out on all streaming applications by going to bit.ly slash WWC Vol 1 launch. Um, it's like got all the different places, Spotify and all that stuff. You can buy it. That really helps. You can go check out my patreon.com slash foul original um, for just $1. For starting $1 tier, you will basically get all my stuff because that's how I run. Um, and there is a some album art for Wrestling With Coffee. There's some exclusives that I'm putting out there as well. And you also get your, your name up at the end of some content and it will really help me out. Uh, and also you can check out my YouTube channel where I do watch alongs and I've, I'm gonna kind of start doing a lot more documentary based stuff. So nice. come check out YouTube. Yeah, cause I like it. Like I really enjoy it. I, I, I think, I enjoyed that way more than some of like the live stuff that I'm doing. Um, so 
I'm going to start wrapping into that, and I've had a really good response to it. So I'm doing a TNA series about Aces and Eights, which is still ongoing. There's a TNA series, and then there's one about wrestling video games. Um, I'm also on Twitch now a little bit more, uh, twitch.tv slash Original because Surgeon Simulator 2 people, Boss of Studios people, awesome folks, like gave me a beta key for it, and then they watched me struggle for like two hours. Um, thanks, guys. Um, but also, I've got Skater XL coming up. There's loads of stuff. Go check out my Twitch. And um, thank, I think that's it. I think. Go check out my Instagram where I attempt to be a model. That's the other one as well. Like, I'm attempting to be a model slash emo my stories. Like, check my stories out. And that is basically like 15-year-old foul just sitting there going like, oh, look, oh, look, it's another song by Placebo that means so much to me, but only in 15-second bursts. Um, like, as a stare into the middle distance. Uh, go check those out as well, please. Instagram.com slash foul original. And yeah, as Queen mentioned, Radio Foul, which is broadcast every now and then-ish. So, so, so yeah, I oh, got no, radio foul, foul radio. You got it right, I got it wrong. Wait, no, did I get it right? <laughs> just go check it. Just go to my link tree and just look yeah. at the link tree, and then things are right on there because I could do that, right? The words, they don't come so easy though. <laughs> Sometimes they don't, but that's okay because <laughs> I've linked them. I've linked them so they can just scroll down <laughs> this podcast episode <laughs> and click all your stuff. And of course, they can follow you on Twitter and, and click the link in your bio, and you're all set there. So, um, Val, thanks so much again for joining me today for this lovely, lovely dive into a Foul Original. So I appreciate your time. And for everyone listening, please enjoy the rest of your day and continue to be kind to one another. This year has us all wanting to be healthier, and that includes our eye health. But how do you get vision coverage if you're retiring? It's actually pretty easy. VSP, the vision coverage many people get through work, offers individual vision plans. Enroll anytime, on any device, and start using your benefits the same day. You don't need to be an employee to get employee-level vision coverage. Visit vspdirect.com today. That's vspdirect.com. Visit Hellsberg.com for safe and easy ways to shop this holiday, like free shipping and returns, virtual shopping appointments, or buy online and pick up in-store. And right now, get a free Microsoft Surface Go 2 with the purchase of $1,499 or more. You gift, you get. Limited time offer while supplies last. See online or in-store for details.